Okay, Peter. This is it, homie. This is it. I flaked a few times. Twice. Twice. <laughs> Three times, actually. But who's counting? These kids. These kids, man. Half your kids. These kids and these hips. Mm-hmm. So, I don't even. Know. This doesn't have a name yet. Uh, this is more of just like a side project, seeing what could come of it. But um, I'm Breck Snyder, and we have Peter Meach with us. Uh, really, we wanted to start a new podcast along the lines of sports and everything that's going on in sports and how different we both feel about them. Um, and I don't know. what well, I mean, how would you describe why, why this even came about? I think for the both of us, sports is such a important part of our lives. You know, there's the thrill of waking up Saturday morning to watch the English Premier League, to watch University of Oregon for you and the University of Utah for me to watch them on a Sunday and then even the NFL as well. So sports have played like a really important role within our lives, just as from an individual point of view, even growing up playing them, but more so now as a spectator, that we've always had this interest of like getting together and talking about it. And we've also had a few discussions about the impact of sports. We've had discussions on topics that we're going to talk about now. So it only felt natural for us to kind of like link up and do something like this just for the sake of just doing it, just to get our voice out there, just to get our opinions out there, more importantly. Yeah. So, and I guess we'll just go right into it. We have a few topics that we want to cover today, but with it being, what is today? Uh, September 8th. Last, what was it, Tuesday? This last Tuesday? Tuesday, yeah. Uh, after Labor Day, Nike dropped their uh, campaign for Colin Kaepernick, um, and there's been a lot of controversy around it. And it seems like you've done more of your homework on your end to uh, talk to a little bit more. I'm going to give just more like my general feeling towards it, but I'd like to hear everything that you've kind of looked into so far. This to me is such a mind-blowing topic because I'm trying to put myself in the perspective where I'm like right in the middle. I'm not trying to be too far left and I'm not trying to be too far right because this is such an interesting topic because this is where politics meets sport. There's so many people that have opinions about this. There's so many people from a political point of view and a professional sports point of view that have this opinion. And here I am, this white boy from Utah, from Salt Lake City. We live in a bubble. And I'm trying to figure out where my perspective lies within this. Um, But what makes it so interesting is just the fact that this does cross that bridge between sports and politics and your everyday life you know and for me for me personally I think I'm I'm, going to try to give you as a once like a middle objective point of view within this I'm not trying to lean more one way or the other I'm just trying to tell you guys the way that I see it and I'm not sure how you feel about that or like what your perspective is on it but I'm not trying to lean one way or the other as I'm talking and as we're discussing this as a group we might be leaning one way or the other, but truly keep in mind that we're trying to keep it neutral as possible. We're trying to see both sides of the story and then come up with a conclusion from there. Okay. So I guess the the way that I feel about it, um, and again, I'm going to keep it su- super high level because I guess that's my goal too. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to lean one way or the other, but the way that I view it, it's like I saw I saw it on Instagram Tuesday morning and I just thought oh shit like you know what's about to happen you know the world is about to explode at least within the United States because this is for some reason an issue 
Um, I, you know, the issue for those that I guess may not know stem from Colin Kaepernick taking, um, what did he do? Taking initially. a knee for the national anthem. Taking a knee, or no, he was sitting initially. Yeah. So he was sitting initially for the national anthem, um, was approached by an ex-military uh, serviceman and said, hey, you know, there's a, a better way that you can do this without disrespecting anyone. Or disrespecting the flag. And disrespecting and, the flag. And sorry, don't mean to cut you off. But yeah. His entire point was he never had a problem with the flag. He always had a problem with the way that his people were being treated in America. And that's what he was protesting. He was never protesting uh, the military. He was never protesting anything like that. So he, as a human being, was approached. And instead of taking a aggressive stance on it, he heard someone else out, right? He, he, said, to him, he said to himself, okay, yeah, maybe sitting is not, a, not the best way to represent myself, to represent my team, and to represent what I'm actually trying to do. And so his entire outlook on that was, okay, well, what's another way that I can go about it, right? And what's a respectful way that I can go about this protest? And that's where the whole taking a knee came into effect. Yeah. And so, again, how this all correlates back to Nike's ad, um, it's a picture of Colin Kaepernick, just his face, and says, believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything. And now... I. Correct did you, me. Did you see the commercial that well, came Well, so correct it? me if I'm wrong. Did this drop first or did the commercial drop the, first? The, the uh, image dropped first. That was the announcement for the campaign. So, and I think that's what stirred up all of this controversy, right? I think if the ad were to drop first and maybe they never even showed Colin Kaepernick's face and let's just say it was just his voice narrating it, mm-hmm. I think everybody would have loved it. And then maybe a week later, <laughs> just announce that it's Colin Kaepernick because I don't think you get the same. To, to to be honest, I think it would have been, I think it would have been a problem regardless because this is more of this is so much bigger than just sports, right? This is a society point of view, left versus right type of a point of view. So no matter what he would have done, in my opinion, no matter what he would have done. He would have pissed off one side or the other. Oh, absolutely. I'm saying I almost wonder, like, this is all hypothetically speaking. What if the video came out? We never knew that it was Colin Kaepernick. I don't know that the everyday person would have been able to point out that that was his Mm -hmm. voice narrating the whole thing. Obviously, there are those folks that are going to be able to do that, but no one's going to get as hyphy about this because what what that campaign or what the ad is really saying is, you know, I, a good line from it is like, don't strive to be the greatest runner in your school. Strive to be the greatest ever. Or, yeah, it's and, basically and, just saying, don't compare yourself with someone else. Be yourself. Yeah. And become better than that person. Yeah, exactly. And this is a line that came from that as well. Exactly, yeah. So for me, and again, this is just like my high level answer. I, I, I honestly can't believe that people have the time to be worried about an ad like this because there's so many other things going on in the world and there's so much press and there's so much publicity and there's so much hate and everything else involved with this and I, I just don't get it. I, well, I guess let me let me ask you this. Why do you think why do you why do you think this topic is is such an issue for for so many people? Cuz in my opinion, I personally I, I don't see what he did wrong. I think he did everything the way he should, you know, like for, for the ad or are you saying before in ge- everything? Okay. In general, 
I, to be honest, I just can't, I can't fathom someone having a problem with what he's doing. And I think this is the bigger issue is, is the fact that we're no longer a country that thinks about what's best for the country. We're a country that thinks about what's best for our political. Yeah. What's best for our side. Yeah. What's best for left or right or whatever, wherever we lie within that spectrum. And I think that's the bigger issue. Instead of it being like, this is a person that's doing something that he believes, we should applaud him for it. And, you know, we're, we live in a country where we're allowed to do stuff like that. And we should encourage people to do stuff like that, to push the boundaries and to to really believe in what they believe in, as long as it's not harming anyone. And I think he did everything the right way. You know, when, of course, you know, him taking a seat. OK, I could see an issue within that. But the fact is, is that he corrected that. Yeah, he, reali- he realized he made a mistake. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, we're all human. We all make mistakes. I'm not saying that what he did was was a mistake. It's just that he wasn't aware of it. As soon as he became aware of it, he corrected it. Yep. And so from, from that point going forward, I don't understand where people can have an issue with it. I don't understand why someone would want to burn their Nikes. I don't understand why someone would want to bash him and say he should never be allowed to work again or he should be kicked out of the NFL because he's doing something that he believes in. And even within the NFL as well, them having an issue within that. You know, that's his right. His right is to take a knee. And yeah. to be honest, I don't see how is that disrespectful? I don't know because people always flip it around and say, "Well, the NFL is his employer and if you don't abide by the rules of your employer, they have like reason to terminate you or whatever it may be." It's like, dude, what I again, for me, I, I think there's so there's much bigger issues out mm-hmm. there that we need to be spending time on and I'm I'm the type of person where I'm wondering, "Okay, what's happening behind the scenes right now while everyone's mm-hmm upset about the Colin Kaepernick thing. But I will say within all of this, this is where the whole sports and society can become so powerful. It's, it's getting people like you and I, it's getting people like the conversation we had with one of our friends who, who was in a disagreement with us on this topic. It gets us talking about it and it gets us to become aware of the issues that are going on within uh, within what he's protesting, you know, police brutality, you know, and uh, the, the uh, unfair treatment of certain people in our society compared to others and how other people get discriminated against because of their skin color, you know, and I, I personally think that's the bigger issue. And I think what he's doing is a success to that because it gets people like you and I, people that live in a damn bubble called U- Utah, it gets us talking about that subject and it, begets, it allows us to become aware of what's going on in our society in the United States of America. I and, agree. And, and kudos to him for doing that. Yeah, I, I agree. Dude, I, I, I applaud him because not only he knew what was going to come of this with the Nike ad, so did Nike. I, I mm-hmm. mean, the way people treat it, they think like... Nike just cooked it up Tuesday morning and was like, here we go. Let's yeah, I'm see sure that. a lot of thought went into it. And Absolutely. And people are like, Nike just shot themselves in the foot. Like, no, they didn't. Like, to- Nike is doing, Nike is a brand that is doing exactly what they tell people to do. Just do mm-hmm. it. Just yeah. do whatever you need to do. And, and to be to be honest, that freaking commercial, man, dude, just thinking about it, I'm getting damn goosebumps, dude. Like, the, the commercial is awesome. Extremely and powerful. The, the commercial is awesome. And if you... I actually follow some of the people that are on there. I don't know if you follow like uh, 
Um, do you know the part where they're talking about he lost like 300 pounds, fought yeah, a brain yeah, tumor, yeah. and, and exactly. did an Ironman? Yep. I actually follow that dude on Instagram. Um, and it's like a pretty amazing story. And everyone else that's in there, those are all real stories. Like the ones talking about why can't someone be prom queen and a middle linebacker for varsity football. Yeah. You know, those are that those are pushing the boundaries. You don't yeah. hear that. People don't do that every day. So again, I, I applaud what he's done. I mean, again, I mean, I most more, more applaud goes to Colin for what he's done and the risks that he's taken. I mean, he doesn't have a job because of what he did. Yeah. Um, and kudos to him, applauds to him, but also waking up on that. What was it? Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Waking up on Tuesday and seeing that all over my social media feed, I was actually in shock. I never thought in my wildest dream that a brand would do something like that for him and revolve this entire campaign, this entire belief of what Nike is around him. Kudos to him for that and kudos for Nike for pulling the trigger on that. Yep, I I agree. And taking that risk. Okay, so um, next subject here. Um, I'm going to let you run with this one. This is more based off of the English Premier League. Um, and it, it's funny because I was actually never a soccer fan. I mm-hmm. liter- I was just a typical American talk shit on soccer. Soccer's gay. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? That, that's just a typical American thing to do. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Well, be- before we like jump into it, what did I tell you? Because all of this revolves around the game FIFA. <laughs> so what did I tell you as soon as you bought FIFA? Do you remember? So a little bit of backstory. I do remember, and I'll get to that. So backstory was it was like Black Friday shopping or something yeah, like that, and yeah. FIFA was like half off, and I'd never bought it before. I played it in the past, didn't really know who was who, and I was like, eh, I'll just get it. Maybe I'll try to flip it later as it gets closer to Christmas, make like 20 bucks off of it, whatever. Peter comes over one night, and I say that I got FIFA, and he's like, well, let's pop it in. I'm like, ah, fuck it. Let's throw it in. So <laughs> end up having a blast with it, and it's, like, a lot of fun. I've actually gotten pretty good at the game. But, yeah, Peter looks at me and says, because you play this now, you're going to like soccer. You're going to start watching soccer because of this. Mm-hmm. And it's it's true. So... Um, which was a good year to get into it. I caught the end of Premier League. I caught the end of a pretty good Champions League and World Cup as well. Yeah. So it was a good year to get into soccer and really appreciate it. Yeah. So for me, for me, soccer, a um, little backstory. Um, I was born in Sarajevo, which is modern-day uh, modern Bosnia. Uh, so I was born in ex-Yugoslavia. I lived in Germany for four years and uh, one year in Hungary. And then from there, we moved to the U.S. But I always had that love for soccer because we played it as kids. We would always play it in the streets and whatnot. And then that carried on in the U.S. So naturally, I was always in love with the Premier League. And I always had a huge fashion for the Premier League. Um, and even... Uh, Probably more so Bundesliga because I spent majority of that four years in Germany. So I had a huge fascination with Bayern Munich. And for those who don't know, uh, 
Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund are the rival teams in the Bundesliga, which is the German league. And so my twin brother, he was a fan of uh, Borussia Dortmund and I was a fan of Bayern Munich. So we would always kind of like clash heads and there was always this huge rivalry in the household between him and I. Um, but moving over here, it was so fascinating to see where soccer was when we first moved here back in, <clears throat> when was it, like 1997, 96, 98, around there. It, it was super fascinating to see where soccer was and then jump into the future, 2018, to see where soccer is now. Just the amount of growth it's made and the amount of popularity it's gained within the U.S. is just fascinating. And I do think uh, the popularity of FIFA has allowed people like you to really get into the game because even you notice things within the game that most normal viewers don't see. You know, you notice the the buildup, you notice the suspense of what's going to happen next, next and like how you're going to get from point A to point B, you know, like when you're watching one of these games, you know, like you hear the crowd reaction before something happens because they have an understanding of that buildup and it's a suspense of that buildup, which is what makes, in my opinion, what makes soccer so fascinating. So even, even in reality, you could have a game that's 0-0, zero, zero, but it could be the most entertaining game you've ever seen because of the amount of suspense and the amount of chances each team gets allows for that suspense. Well, and especially in the sense of it's like a, an elimination game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it's, you know, typically, you know, soccer can end in a tie, which... Um, you know, people end up getting a point each in that situation. But when it's a um, an elimination game, I mean, all of a sudden, like mm-hmm. the energy just gets crazier. It's wild. Yeah. So the way the way that the EPL works, EPL is considered the the best league in um, in Europe. And there's multiple leagues. Like each country has their own league. England has the EPL. Syria has the Italian league. Uh, you have the French League, you have uh, uh, you have La Liga, which is Spanish, you have Bundesliga, which is German. Um, so you have all these different leagues. And for most, EPL is considered the best because of how much competition it has. And the way that it works, what makes it so interesting is the bottom three automatically get relegated into um, what's lower the best? leagues. Lo- lower leagues. Um, and there is no playoffs. There is no such thing as, you know, a, a playoff system within the EPL. With At the end of the season, whoever is number one wins the entire thing. So every single point matters, whether you're getting three points for a win or you're getting one point for a tie. Um, every single point matters, which is what makes it so fascinating. And you always have that one you know, those one to two teams that are making that big push at the end of the season to make the league interesting as well. Yeah. And for me, I mean, that's that's really weird, right? Because, again, being born and raised in the bubble that we just talked about, Utah, um, you know, there's always got to be a winner and a loser after each game. And so, like, a, a tie to me never made sense. But when you look at it in the aspect of like, hey, I'm just trying to collectively gain as many points as possible. Like, if you're a team and you're down 2-0 at the beginning of a game, mm-hmm. 
ending with a tie and getting a point out of that situation is actually a really good thing. Yeah. And, and it's a crazy thing too. You yeah. Know? So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it, it's just a whole different dynamic and something that I can appreciate. And the reason why I started to like it a little bit more is it's so different than anything we do here. Um, I, you know, this is something we'll get into maybe a little bit later, but like the politics of all the sports that are in the U S I mean, just being here, I don't hear the politics mm-hmm. in like premier league or any of the other, uh, European leagues. Like I'm just not there. So all I have to do is just watch people play, learn and figure out who's the best, why I like them, things like that. Um, and going from that, I, I can't even tell you why. I mean, this is going into like the team that I, I picked, like, I don't know. How do you, what would you say are some reasons people pick a team? In let's just say Premier League, I would say um, I think the rule of thumb for me, if I were to, if someone came to me and said, "Hey, I'm getting into soccer. What team should I follow?" Um, I would make sure to pick a team that is consistent, that you know for a fact is not going to get relegated. Um, if you pick a team that's going to get relegated, you're not going to be able to see them the next year, right? And there's no way you're going to have that coverage in the U.S. for that. So make sure you pick a team that you know for a fact is not going to get relegated, except for just make sure you don't pick Manchester United. Because, um, yeah, they're like the most popular team and they always have like the most recognition within the U.S., but that was kind of a joke for, for those who don't know. Um, but yeah, just make sure you pick a team that's not going to get relegated and just make sure you watch a team and see if it's the type of style that you fit, that fits you and fits your type of personality. So let's talk about, um, number one, there's two things I really want to talk about. Let's talk about the team that you picked Mm -hmm. and that you're starting to follow. And then we can get into another topic within the growth of the sport in the U S. Okay. Yeah, so the team that I decided to pick it was Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Tottenham. Tottenham. Um, I mean, honestly... Spurs. <laughs> there's, uh, there was no rhyme or reason to it. I think this actually comes down to something very similar along the lines of like how I ended up liking the Oregon Ducks. Um, when I first started watching Premier League, they just happened to be on all the time. They just were on. So... Um, Got to know the players and understand who they were, names to faces. I think that's like something like when you play FIFA and you've never heard any of these names, it all just sounds like gibberish to you. But then you start seeing who these people are and you start to see how people play and um, just their style and the way they do things. Um, Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you have people like Harry Kane, Son, um, like even Trippier, Deli Alley. But I mean, if you, if you say something like a Harry Kane or Deli Alley, people are like, okay. Whatever. Yeah, most casual fans will know those names. Yeah. But that's kind of like, that's an interesting point because I remember a time, a couple years ago even, where the only games you could catch were Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And now, Saturday morning, you have, you, you're basically watching almost every single game. You can. In the yeah. U.S. Yeah, you can. Absolutely. With, with, without a hustle. You yeah. know, without having to go through some illegal source or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's what's great, right? Like, they were they were always on and I could watch them. And um, 
you know, leading up to it being a World Cup year and understanding the the people from the Premier League that were going to be on World Cup teams, like you realize, holy shit, like uh, Premier League has a lot of dudes that are playing in the World Cup. Uh, so yeah. that was that was pretty exciting to see, especially watching every single game and like even like Manchester City, you could see like there's like five dudes in the starting lineup that are at least on a, a national yeah. team. So that, that was cool. Well, also like the cool thing about that is is especially in America, most Americans would watch the World Cup, but then as soon as the World Cup ended, you're in hiatus for four years for soccer. Right? Well, and even this year, I mean, do you think? How many Americans do you think watched it knowing that the U.S. wasn't in there? Mm-hmm. I bet you the number uh, – for sure the number dipped. But what makes it really interesting is the fact just to see how popular soccer is becoming in the U.S., right? And just the idea that every four years people would get super jazzed in, – in, in America would get super jazzed about the World Cup because of the U.S. or because of Brazil, because of Germany, whoever uh, they ended up liking um, – but now it's you can kind of see that turn of that taking the corner for soccer in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. Where it's becoming more popular, where people are becoming more stoked on the e- EPL. Like even you and I talk about how freaking pumped we get to wake up at freaking 5 a.m. to watch. Yeah, and like how bummed I am this week that there is no yeah, Premier Yeah, because they're right now and they're in international break right now. So it's kind of a shitty time for soccer fans for the EPL. But... Even you and I talk about how jazz we get for that, right? Yep. You know, and how pumped we get for that. And it's there's nothing to do with the World Cup. Whereas before it was, it was World Cup, and that was the only soccer intake we as Americans got. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. The only thing I really remember about the World Cup is Vuvuzelas from like. So yeah, from uh, <laughs> Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Yeah. Well, no, that wasn't Brazil. That's no. South Africa. Or something. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um. So let me ask you this. Because you kind of have like that fresh intake where you're relatively a new fan of soccer and you're starting to uh, develop that that itch for soccer. Why do you think, uh, more importantly, the EPL and uh, for those who don't know, Bundesliga is on Fox. They have this really big contract with Fox and then NBC has this really huge contract with uh, the English Premier League, which is the EPL. So why do you think uh, the EPL or soccer in general has become so big in the U.S.? And why do you think it's growing? Do you think it's... In, in my opinion, and, and this could be completely wrong, um, you know, we have our league here in the Uni- United States, uh, MLS, Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. And I think that got people into the idea of soccer um, because it's growing. Yeah, and, and people want to associate themselves with the teams that are in their area, and you end up meeting a lot of other soccer fans who follow other teams, right? So mm-hmm. I think, like, if, for example, if we went to a Real Salt Lake game, like, you could find other people at that game that are following uh, Premier League or Bundesliga, yeah. and they have teams and they talk about it. And I think just talking about it and being involved in the game is the reason why people are getting more interested in it. And then along the lines of having those huge contracts, making it easier for Americans to watch something mm-hmm. is all about it, right? Like you talked about, um, you talk about how it used to be really hard to get up and watch those if you weren't doing something like illegal. Now you don't even have to worry about it. Like yeah. all you have to do is wake up early. 
Well, you got like what four games on Saturday, and then you always have one to two games on Sunday or Monday. And you don't even have to wake up that early. Like if you just want to be a casual fan, there's games that start at nine and games that start at twelve. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and you get to see some of the top talent in the world. Um, But I I think the leagues here start to gauge the interest of people. Yeah. So it's a different feel too, you know, like when you watch an MLS game versus when you watch a game in Europe or watch an EPL match or any other format in Europe, you kind of have, it's it's different, right? When you watch the games in Europe, it's much quicker. It's faster pace. And even the fans in itself, they're very intelligent in the form of soccer and the form of what they call football. Um, But they have that sense of that build-up, right? They have an understanding of that build-up, whereas we as casual fans in the U.S., we really don't have that. Um, But also one of the things that we didn't talk about, too, was uh, the uh, Champions League. Mm -hmm. So this is ultimately like what really gets me hooked on soccer is you have the aspect of the EPL where you have whoever's on top at the end of the season is a champion. They're the winners, right? But you also have kind of like that playoff system within the EPL. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of got your first taste of the EPL last season with um, Liverpool and... Do you mean uh, Champions League? Or Champions League, yeah. Yeah. Champions League with Liverpool and Real Madrid. Uh That was the finale. Yeah. What was your... What was your initial thought on that? Or what what was the emotions that you got out of that, watching that build up um, and that unfold? I mean, I started watching it earlier than that, right? I mean, there was... Uh, it's a different play, right? Because it's the, the aggregate type setting. Yep. So it's it's a little bit different. Um, and, and you're probably a better person to describe the aggregate system than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just... It's cool because you're not down and out from one game. Like, there's... Two games, and then it's based off of... Point system. Yeah, based off the point system, and essentially, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I remember there was like Juventus and Tottenham. They were playing um, their two games, and Tottenham literally had Juventus for yeah for a while. Yeah. And Juventus ended up coming back and, and beating them. But, uh, I mean, so for me, that's where I was following it. And then... Um, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo for Real Madrid just doing what he does, drawing fouls in the box and getting PKs. Like, it's it's crazy. And then you have a team like Liverpool who they were probably like third or fourth in the Premier League and they had no chance at winning Premier League because City was just so good. City ended up getting beat out, I think, the same round that Tottenham yeah. did. And then from there... Well, didn't they lose to Liverpool in Champions yeah, League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They did. So that it's crazy because you go from your league where you have no chance anymore to you're in Champions League, which essentially is like the holy grail the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, it's and, a big one. And you have a chance to win it still. Like, And that's cool because there's a lot of different like tournaments, even um, like the FA Cup for all of the English teams. Yeah. It's cool to give the stage to all those smaller teams in the smaller English leagues yeah. a chance to play against the top Premier League Yeah, you League also teams. have like the Italian Cup, the, yeah. the, the German Cups as well. But that's what makes it so interesting. Even if you're not the number one team, your, your, your season is still very important because the, fir- the, the top four teams in each league, so if I'm, 
If I'm, uh, if I'm, who got in second last? Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. If Liverpool's got number two in uh, the EPL, English Premier League, their season is not wasted because the next season they're automatically in Champions League, which is the I think first top, four. Top four, right? Top, the, the, the top four teams in each league automatically get an invite to Champions League. And then they have a draw from there, and then they have like a system where they play each other. And then from there, uh, whoever the top two, it's almost similar to it's like the World, World Cup. Cup. It's like yeah. pool play and then pool play. essentially... And then you have... And then you have your individual games, right? And then what ends up happening is you have two games. You have one at home and one one away. Uh, if you score a goal, uh, if you score a away goal, that holds more weight if you were to score a home goal, right? So let's say, um, let's say I'm Liverpool and I win my first game 2-0 and then I lose my... Uh, where I win two one, and then I, and then I go to the opponent's team uh, stadium and win two one, even though the aggregate is still three three, I end up proceeding because I have the more two away goals. more away goals because yeah. that holds more weight, and that's ultimately what makes Champions League so freaking interesting. And not only do you have EPL where you have this whole fascinating thing where it's like, hey, whoever's first at the end of the season, they're champion. That's yeah. it. There's nothing. And then also you have the whole relegation system thing too, which you have to account for, which is super fascinating in itself. But even within Champions League too, it's like the importance of keeping a clean sheet at home, the importance of scoring away and just the whole system of that where there's a team that ends up losing 3-0 like Juventus last year. You know, they went through multiple games where they lost that first game mm -hmm. by a few points and they end up a few goals and then they end up winning at the end, which yep. was... To be honest, there's nothing like that in the U.S. And and I'm a type of person that I love college football. I really like the NFL, and I'm a huge NBA fan. But there's nothing like that type of drama that European soccer brings to the U.S. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so no, soccer has been uh, definitely probably one of my favorite sports lately. Um, but I think I think this is a good transition over into the next topic, which mm -hmm. is just more football in general. Uh, American football, however, right. um, NFL and college football. So we'll we'll rope these two together. Maybe we'll do we'll break them off in other episodes if we continue this. But um, you know, I mentioned to Pete last week it was the start of college football, and I used to be the type of person where I could pick up any college football game and like watch it and enjoy it. And now, like I just I have a hard time doing it, and I think it's all due to soccer. Like mm -hmm. honestly, it's. And again, I think it's because soccer, I'm learning so, so many new things, so every game is intriguing to me. I watch football, and I just think, God, it is so damn slow. Yeah. Unless it's my teams. Yeah. So if it's my teams, and I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go, let's win. Um, and like yelling at the TV because I follow these teams really close. Like Again, like Oregon Ducks for college, and then Dallas Cowboys for NFL. But it's... Uh, Either way, it's it's a very exciting time in the U.S. for for football to come back, especially right now too, because you oh, have yeah. so, you have so many things that are coming in. You have the EPL, you have Champions League slowly picking up. You have a college that just kicked off last week. You have the NFL that's kicking off this week, this Sunday. 
it's a crazy time for sports, you know. And then also you have uh, Major League Baseball that is slowly winding down the season right now. Yeah. So and baseball, I mean, that's another topic we'll get on some other time. But I mean, you have people that are fighting for wild card spots in the playoffs. Um, and October baseball, at least for me, there's in my opinion nothing better. But that's like a game that I know and love. Mm-hmm. And, but anyways, so NFL. I guess what are what are I guess two things that you're excited about for NFL or college football in general, either one. I, to be honest, I'm, I'm just always excited about college football. Um, I love when college football kicks up because there's just so much passion within it. You know, like there's, there's so many topics within it as well that we can kind of hit on on later episodes. But it's just the idea of you lose a game, you're basically out unless you're Alabama. <laughs> um, but it's just the idea of like how important every single game is. And you're almost like brought to the wire. You know, like I'm a Utes fan. We always do really good those first few games. And we always get that reputation within within those first few games. And... It's just super exciting to be a fan of one of these teams and just to see that progression and to see how important every single game is and how it leads on to the next week. And even, too, like when you have like the whole selection committee, too, like it's not it's not just a matter of winning. It's a matter of how you win, too, you know, like how you win, what your schedule looked like. Exactly. I mean. I'm a full believer that Alabama could lose six games and the committee would say that they had a tougher schedule and (laughs) whatever. I mean, however, it's however, it's however you skew the numbers. So, um, no, I mean, that's, that's how I am too. I mean, I, I definitely love like the NFL. Everyone loves like Super Bowl time, but like college football is definitely my favorite when it comes to football, like Oregon Ducks, ever since I can remember like just been a fan and it it all came down to they just happened to be on TV all the time mm-hmm. back in the day and I would watch them and mm-hmm. that's who I'd follow so like, I didn't have anything else because um, growing up my parents never paid for like cable or like satellite yeah. TV so they were always on like ABC and Fox and I mean that's just the teams that I was exposed to so um, whereas Utah, back in the day, they didn't have, like, national recognition. They weren't on, like, NBC, ABC, Fox, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You had to watch very, like, local stuff or um, cable TV. Back in the Mountain West days? or Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think probably the only time you'd ever see anything is, like, maybe Utah played BYU on KJAZ, like, Channel 14. Mm-hmm. But that was about it. But even then, I... I'll, I mean, I went to the University of Utah. I'll always support the Utes unless they're playing the Ducks because <laughs> I literally wore my Ducks gear in the student section at Utah while I was attending. So, um, but I definitely, there, definitely hate BYU with, with passion. Yeah. With There's, passion. There is nothing like going to um, a college football arena and watching, like, how passionate some of these fans get for that specific particular team oh yeah and it's just a trip like even just like going to a Utes game too it's just it's just awesome to go to one of those environments and be around one of those environments yep no I agree and like we like you and I we've actually been to some pretty cool games like when they beat USC oh yeah it was kind of a drizzle and they had like hand-painted helmets all of them were custom um and there was like a pretty and that that game was like I think it was like 
two-minute drill for the Utes, and they yeah. ended up scoring a touchdown to win yeah. the game. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see see them pull that off, and especially against a team like USC, which they're they're like the Alabama of the West Coast. Like mm-hmm. everyone sucks their dick, and because they're <laughs> USC, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, because USC is so much tradition within there, but like. The reason why I kind of gravitate more so to college football, it's not that the quality is better because NFL has 10 times better quality um, as far as the game goes. I think it's just more so the passion, just how important every single game is, you know, because it's if you want to make that 14 playoff, you have to win every single game. You have to make sure every single game is is, is important to every single team. And I think it's just the passion that all these kids and, like, let's be honest, like, they're all, like, what, 18, 20-year-olds? To maybe, like, 22. 22. Unless, unless you're, you're BYU. <laughs> <laughs> then you're, like, 34. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke for people that are not in Utah. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just the amount of passion that most of these college kids kind of convey for these schools is – and I'm not saying that the NFL doesn't have that passion. It's just not as interesting to me. Yeah, the NFL, I mean, for me, it's just like it's too publicized. Um, I, I think it runs like a little bit slower, like the pace of play is much slower. Yeah. So that has begun to bore me, honestly, which kind of sucks. Again, if it's a Cowboys game, I don't really care because like ultimate goal for me is the Super Bowl. But I could really give a shit less to watch a Thursday night game between like the Colts and the Dolphins or something like that. Like, I'm not just dying to watch yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of, like, kind of leads into our next topic. But I remember, like, a time when I was going – maybe it was because I was in college and, you know, I always wanted to watch something while I was doing homework or work preparing for an exam or something like that. But I would always get super jazzed for, you know, Monday Night Football or mm-hmm. Sunday Night Football, mm-hmm. you know, and to see uh, Gruden on Monday Night Football and all that stuff and hear his perspective on things. Um, and I can slowly see, like, even within this year, too, like, the buildup for that. And even last year, it's just – it wasn't as interesting for me as it was in, in the past. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, um, NFL viewership actually went down from the 2016 to the 2017 season. Um, I think it was by, like, 8%. I think that's what I was looking at, which is crazy. And I wonder I wonder why that is. Again, maybe around, like, the Colin Kaepernick stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, that never made my decision, but obviously it does for other people. But it's it's wild that America's, like, favorite game, it, you know, people are starting to drift away from it, it seems like. At least from the NFL perspective, from, like, the, the top of the tier. Yeah. So that kind of like leads into our next topic, which is going to be kind of an interesting one. So one of the things that we want to talk about within maybe within majority of episodes, once we kind of get like the hang of things and start developing a structure for this is at the end of each episode, we want to talk about a segment called making the case. And for this episode, we want to make the case for soccer and the English Premier League, the EPL. So your perspective is going to be interesting because I grew up with soccer all my life. I've always been around it. You're relatively new to it, right? Your son's starting to play soccer. Um, You're getting into soccer. You're getting into understanding of how the game works. What would your case be to someone, some Joe Schmo who has never 
liked soccer, who was like you and called soccer gay, um, what would you tell them that could potentially get them to like soccer and to pay attention to soccer? Because right now we're kind of seeing that trend, right? And I think maybe a part of that NFL statistic or NFL viewership going down is the rise of soccer in the U.S. and the rise of, of um, um, European soccer in the U.S. Yeah. Um, I think for me to make the case, you need to learn the game. And I think the way that you do that is surround yourself with people who understand it better than you, even if it's just a little bit. Um, and I, I think that's what I did. Like when we started playing FIFA um, and all that good stuff and then started watching Premier League, like I asked a lot of questions and I, you can't ask those types of questions to people who don't watch the game currently, don't understand it currently. And I think that's what's important is, you know, why are they doing these things? Why is that Why is that a foul? Why is that not? Why is that a yellow card, red card? But then it's like you start to see these things after you have that understanding and you're like, oh, okay, that's a red card. Like, <laughs> clearly, bro, like, you fucked up. That's a red card. Right. Um, I think that's probably the best way and just understand how people uh, just look at people's passion for it. It's, it's a really crazy thing. Um, like you, I I mean, I remember you like yelling at the TV even during FIFA, but I mean, even during like a a soccer match, you're the same way. Like, especially during the world cup, if it was for, uh, Croatia, uh, Croatia, I wasn't able to make it to that game when, who did Croatia beat? England. No, it wasn't England. That was when I was in the hospital. They beat England to go to the champ or to the championship, but it was the game before that. Uh, Russia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, I mean, based Crazy. off of how based off of how Russia was playing, I mean, it, it was a shocker to everybody how well they were playing. But um, well, even Croatia was a shocker for everyone too. Yeah, but even for me, then I start realizing like the type of people they had on their team. And I'm yeah. like, eh, they're actually pretty good. They're stacked on they're midfield. <laughs> you have an understanding of how, how they push the ball forward and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think just learning from those who, like, like genuinely trying to understand why other people like soccer and asking a lot of questions to put mm-hmm. it uh, in a more high-level answer. If I were to make the case to someone that wasn't a soccer fan why they should watch soccer or why... I think they would find soccer interesting is the pace and the flow of the game. You have to keep in mind that soccer, there's no breaks except for in the middle. You're, you literally have 45 minutes of action, then you have a 10 minute break, which is halftime, and then 45 more minutes of action and then stoppage time from there. So you're constantly flowing within this game. There's never a break within the action. There's no commercial breaks, no nothing like that. And it's honestly the buildup. And, and to kind of give you guys a little backstory, like me and some of my friends a year ago did this crazy soccer trip and we're the type of people we've been to NFL games, we've been to college football games, we've been to MLS games, we've been to most sporting events in the US, right? And we got to go see uh, a, a game in Holland, uh, Ajax. We got to go see the Derby match between... Uh, Roma versus Lazio. We got to see Napoli versus Juventus. And then we got to see 
which was a bucket list of mine, which was like the greatest day of my fucking life. <laughs> I got to go see freaking Bayern Munich versus Borussia Dortmund at Allianz Arena, which is the the uh, Bayern Munich stadium in Munich. And every single one of those experiences from the German, Italian to the Dutch was unlike anything I have been a part of in my entire life. And to be honest, I cannot describe it to you. I cannot explain it to you. But soccer, there's just so much passion behind it, especially within Europe. And it's slowly becoming more of a reality within America. Um, But there's just so much passion and no one in no one in the entire arena is on their phones. Everyone is just fixated on the game. And it's almost like the game within the game, right? You're literally like everyone in the sta- stadium is has an understanding of, you know, the flow of the game, the buildup of it, you know, have an understanding of this huge counterattack that your team could possibly have. And just the excitement of that is to me, unlike anything, um, we see in sports in America and we have three really big sports here. We have the NFL, we have uh, NBA and basketball, and then we have MLB and baseball. But to me, there's unlike, there's nothing like soccer, especially when you get to the EPL and especially when you get into the Champions League. And my case would be the flow within the game. The fact that you don't have these breaks and you and I kind of talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, You've even made the point where it's it's a little bit harder for you to watch football nowadays because of that, because of watching soccer, because there's no break within soccer. Yeah, no, that's uh, I think that's a good point. So with that, I uh, I don't know, I I'd say that was our our pilot episode. We'll see trial and error. Yeah, we'll see the type of feedback that we get. There, again, there's no name for this yet. Maybe there will be. Um, but again, we, our whole goal, we just want to get together and talk about sports. We talk about them anyway. So if we can share our thoughts and opinions with you guys and receive feedback, that only makes the conversation go further. So, uh, with that, Pete, any last words? That's it. Cool. All right. Thanks everyone. Peace. Peace.